3: This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420. The answer is your host, Bob
1: France. The time has come. My friends, fellow patriots, fellow citizens, the time has come. It is 10 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock. Voting is underway on this extraordinary day in our nation's history. It is the eighth morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2022. It is the day that we have been pointing to for two years as being D-Day, the new D-Day, Decision Day, deciding whether or not we will press forward in preserving the glorious constitutional republic that we were founded to be or whether we would sacrifice this country to those who would change it into a socialist Marxist communist hellhole that is not an overstatement that is not an exaggeration this day not the last day and not the next day this day is the day that we have been pointing to two years ago When I was asked on this program and in private uh, conversation at speeches and events, what do we do now, Bob? They just stole the election. I went to bed on election night, 2020, seeing that Donald Trump had won the key battleground states. Donald Trump was going to be the president of the United States. I woke up the next day to find out that they had found tens of thousands of ballots, all of them, 100%, in these key battleground states, for Joe Biden. Biden actually won those states. We had countless numbers of irregularities, questions, if not outright obvious fraud. Bob, they stole the election. Biden is going to run the country. The old decrepit, confused, dishonest, dementia-addled man is going to lead the country, and he's going to have a full Democrat Congress alongside him. What are we going to do? They're going to change everything. And I said at that time, on many a stage, and on these airwaves, We cannot give up the ship. We cannot panic. Because there is still hope by way of the 50-50 Senate. There is still hope, even though technically the Democrats have the Senate, because of the tie-breaking vote of the Vice President, ignorant and completely unqualified as she is, because we have a 50-50 We only need one or two moderate leftists. I know that sounds like that's an oxymoron. I told you we need one or two moderates who aren't going to go along with the most radical of ideas that Chuck Schumer, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and the rest of them would be pushing. Just one or two. And I mentioned by name Senator Joe Manchin at that time. I said, if we can get just one of them, then Kamala Harris can't break the tie. If it's 51-49, if we can just get one of them to go along with reason, common sense, if we can just get one of them not to vote, to abolish the filibuster, the legislative filibuster that would require only... A simple majority to pass the most radical, outlandish, extreme measures that would change this country, that would do what Barack Obama threatened and promised to do, fundamentally transform this country. we can just get one of them, press them to not change the filibuster, then they can't add states which would guarantee four more left-wing senators, thus throwing the balance completely off-center and forever in the Senate. If we can just get one moderate Democrat in that 50-50 to go along with the Republicans and not abolish the filibuster, they can't expand and pack the court. If we can just get one of them to not abolish the filibuster, We can tread water for two years knowing that they're not going to pass S-1, the For the People Act, the federal takeover of elections, so that states would no longer have control, no longer be allowed to limit mail-in voting and to limit uh, same-day registration and to uh, not require photo identification. If we can just get one of them, we can survive two years. Just don't drown. Don't slip beneath the surface amidst the waves, get caught in a riptide, and go out there and end it all. No. Just hold fast. Just just survive. And guess what? We got two of them. I remember talking on these airwaves, and I remember talking to groups that I spoke to, and I said, talk to your representatives. Contact your senator, Rob Portman. Do what you have to do to tell them to establish a relationship and a friendship and a camaraderie and some reason with the likes of Joe Manchin and, as it turns out, Kirsten Cinema." And you did. And they did. And reason and common sense took over. And Manchin and Cinema both bucked their party and would not allow the filibuster to be destroyed and thus allow the permanent and forever takeover of the country by a party that hates the country. You did it. They did it. And I said, if we can just stay afloat for those two years, and as we get a little bit closer into 2022, we can start to swim again and start to make some strides, make up a little ground, advance the cause. And by the time the end of 2022 came around and the midterm elections in the Biden presidency were reached, that is when the riptide would actually reverse itself. And that's when we would start to be able to see the currents going our way. That's when not only are we not drowning and just treading water, now we're we're racing. And now we're we're speeding through the water and now we're riding it on the crest of the most massive red tidal wave. And that is when we protect, that is when we preserve, that is when we reclaim, and that is when we restore our constitutional republic. This day, this was the day, November 8, 2022. If we could just not die, just not drown, just not give up the nation for two years, we would have a chance to reverse it all. And we made it. The filibuster is still intact. The most radical legislation has been held off. Sure, we've taken some defeats along the way. We knew that we would. I told you, Joe Manchin is gonna vote with the Democrats probably seventy five percent of the time. He's gonna vote for them on things like the uh, uh the, the overspending act. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna vote with them on things like the inflation production act. There are things we're going to do. We're going to say, what the hell is the matter with that? He's still a Democrat. That's what's the matter with the guy. But if he holds the line, if we hold the line, if we join forces and hold the line against the most radical legislation, we will still be around on November 8th of 2022. And that is when we change it all. That is when we make the President of the United States... President Brandon, with the most radical cabinet and leadership in this nation's history, who has surrendered virtually all of American superiority, American exceptionalism, surrendered all of it to our enemies, both foreign and domestic. That is when we make him a lame duck. That is when we stop his radical agenda. That is when we take control of the committees. That is when we decide what gets investigated. That is when we fix all that they will have broken. Well, that day is here, my friends. That day is here, and now is the time for us to do what we promised we would do. Reclaim save, rescue, and restore this constitutional republic. Straight red, from the top to the bottom of your ticket. Straight red. No questions asked. And if you do have questions because there may be a nonpartisan judicial race, ask somebody who knows which is the, the, the right for the purposes of criminal justice, for the purpose, purposes of just justice. To make sure that you get the right one there as well. Straight conservative, straight constitutional. Including on issues. Constitutional amendments like issue one and issue two. Yes and yes. This is the day that we have been pointing toward. This is the day that was going to be salvation day. This is the day that we rescue the nation that was gifted to us, and we gift it to the generations to come in like manner. This is the day. We tread water. We're tired. Our arms and legs flailing, gasping for air. But we did it. We stayed afloat. We kept our head above, and now we're on that surfboard. And we are riding that crest, and today you need to ride it directly to your voting precinct, and you need to bring people with you who are going to vote straight red and do what needs to be done to restore this glorious constitutional republic. They like to say that democracy is on the ballot. Democracy is being threatened. That's what the Democrats are saying. Well, let's let's make them half right. Let's use democracy in the most in the most important manner possible let's use democracy to to uh, protect and restore the republic we are not a democracy but the act of voting is democracy they want us to protect democracy fine let's protect democracy by turning out in massive numbers like they've never seen before let's show them what democracy looks like when constitutionally-minded patriots decide enough is enough, and they stop this radical, extremist, Democrat Party and their control and their power over the people, rather than working for the people, when we stuff this directly up their noses, they'll know exactly what kind of power democracy really, really is. So, friends... We've got an important show today, we've got an important conversation that must be held, and I hope you are as inspired and as fired up as I am to get this done. By the end of the night tonight, save for the liars and cheats who are telling us like they did yesterday from the White House uh, press uh, uh, podium, Corrine Jean-Pierre, she's black and gay. Did you know she's black and gay? The press secretary, they wanted you to know right when they hired her that she's black and gay. That matters to them. The black and gay press secretary told us yesterday that, you know, we might not have results for a few days. It takes a few days to count votes in some states. Really? Let's not leave it to chance. Let's blow the doors off in the most important races all across this country so there is no question. So that the lead is so insurmountable that that any degree of shenanigans that that are intended or practiced by the Democrats are useless, are worthless, like the party itself. Today is the day. Tonight is the night. And we've got a lot of work to do between now and then. Patriots, please rise. Face your flag. If you have one. If you don't, that is okay. Close your eyes and imagine old glory, but put your hand on your heart. And with all of the passion and constitutional fervor and patriotic belief that you can, join us for this Pledge of Allegiance. If you're a Democrat, I'll just stop right there. If you're voting D today, you don't need to stare at that flag because we know you don't believe in what it stands for anyway. You are exempted from the request to stand and pledge your allegiance to it. You may instead take a knee next to the rest of the un-American, non-patriotic individuals like your favorite ex-quarterback for the rest of us stand and proudly say i pledge allegiance to the flag of the united
5: states of america and to the republic for which it stands one nation under god indivisible
1: with liberty and justice for all Save America Day, Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. We'll be back. Coming up on the 930 News, after the news, we dive into some of these important races. Madison, Jesse Otto, Gilbert will join me at 935. Coming up at 1010, all three of the Supreme Court justices you must vote for today. Sharon Kennedy for Chief and Associate Justices Pat DeWine and Pat Fisher. All three will join me together as we talk about what we need to do to preserve and protect Ohio. Lee Weingart for County Commissioner in the 11 o'clock hour. We are all over this extraordinary day in our history. Stay here on Always Right Radio. If you've ever wished you could declare political bankruptcy...
3: I. Declare bankruptcy! Keep your radio tuned to Always Right with Bob Frantz.
2: You declare bankruptcy, all your problems go away. On AM 1420, The Answer.
1: 936 now, Always Right Radio, continuing on AM 1420, The Answer. The day we have been waiting for, the day we reclaim and restore the constitutional republic that has been taken away from us, but only if every single one of us Not just individually, but every single one of us must bring another like-minded conservative voter who believes in the Constitution. Take them to the polls. Make sure that we do not leave anything to chance. We have seen what happens when we do that. Don't take for granted any races, by the way. I did a podcast last night. Jack Windsor and I did our "Talking Smack with Bob and Jack podcast, and Jack had some numbers. Seven poll results have dropped in the Senate race over the last 48 hours. They all have J.D. Vance winning by somewhere between 6 and 12 points. And if you think, well, that means I don't have to vote, it's a given... You're nuts. If you don't go and vote, those numbers mean nothing. And moreover, if you don't go to vote for that one, you will neglect the other items on the ballot, including some extraordinarily important House races. Ohio 13 is being contested by Democrat-Liberal Amelia Sykes and my next guest, uh, Madison Jesse Otto gilbert joining us once again. Second time in two weeks we've had Madison on. The closing pitch right now to get people out there and support her in Uh, the race for ohio 13 madison it's good to have you back how are you
6: good to be with you good to be with you this morning happy election day we are super excited and we're telling everybody to get out to vote as you said we can't take it for granted in any race and the worst thing that we can do as republicans right now is stay home our voters turn out on election day and so we want to make sure that we get as many people out today as we can we've been out at the polls this morning Uh, i think the energy was very promising we saw a lot of locations that were very busy uh, and we're hoping that we continue to push people out to those polls between now and when they close tonight
1: your race madison is one of the tighter ones at least according to polls now we all know the old adage the only poll that matters is the one today on election day but i want to know how you feel about the state of that race i know a lot of them are a little bit wider and this one is very very narrow it's obviously a newly created district insofar as the uh the area is covered by it so this one is very very tight from what i'm seeing what's your feeling?
6: Well, we've always recognized that this is the most competitive congressional in Ohio. We're one of those top tier races nationwide to take back the House. That's why you've seen so much investment coming in uh, from everywhere, not only in the district, but across the state and across the country. People recognize how important this is and how much of an opportunity this is. It's a brand new open seat, and it's a chance for us to flip a a district that was previously a blue district under Tim Ryan uh, to a red district and hopefully hold that for a long time to come. So. Uh, we feel very good. As I told you last week when I was on, we were up by four in our most recent poll. Um, but of course, it's it's a it's an even district. It's an R plus one. It's a toss up seat, And we need every single vote we can get because I think even a win tonight may be tight. And so we're making sure that we encourage everybody to get out there because it could come down, uh, you know, to just a few votes. You never know. And it's happened before. And so we're making sure that, uh, you know, we run like we're 20 points behind till the very end.
1: Yeah, and you know That's such a great attitude. That is exactly right. And I want people to understand what you just said. Um, many races, Pete, you don't realize it, that have been decided by just a few votes. And when I say few, and we're talking about in the context of thousands or tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, if it comes down to a couple hundred votes or a few hundred votes, which these races sometimes do when they're highly competitive like this, do you want to be in your chair the day after and the day after realizing that your candidate lost by a few hundred votes and you stayed home because you were like, ah, I don't need to go because I already know the big races, uh, that's so important for people to realize. Now, Madison, let's let's talk just for a minute about issues that are most important to you. And you you told me, and I also saw an interview that you did on TV on Fox a couple of weeks prior to that, that Democrats, generally speaking, are not fighting for the things that most Americans find important. They seem to have focused on abortion, and they have focused on what they call democracy being on the ballot. So it's all about abortion, or it's about January 6th and quote-unquote election deniers. Um, Can you talk about what you think the people in the 13th District are really most concerned about?
6: The same thing we're hearing across the state and across the country. People are worried about the economy. They're worried about gas prices. They're worried about grocery prices. They're pretty much worried about every single thing opposite of what the Democrats have been talking about, which is why I think tonight, in general, will be a referendum on the failed policies of the Democratic Party, of the lack of leadership coming out of Washington uh, with the one and a half, almost two years, of Democrat one-party control. It's failed the people, and people are fed up. On top of that, I think people in general are sick of career politicians. They always get promised everything. Uh, These people never deliver for us. Uh, I know I'm sick of it. I know it's part of why I got into this race. And so I've been very, very intentional throughout this entire campaign about talking about the issues that matter most to people, talking about the prices, talking about the economy, and talking about common-sense solutions that can actually have an impact on them. It's all great that we recognize that there's problems, but having no solutions or no ideas is a problem in itself. So we've been very focused on making sure that we get to Washington in January. We have a plan that we're not spending money that we don't have. We can't do it in our personal lives. We can't do it in our businesses the government shouldn't be doing it with our money. So I'm talking about a balanced budget amendment. I'm talking about, you know, common sense solutions to these problems. Uh, And obviously energy is a separate issue we talk about. And then a third thing I think that's been really prominent for us on the campaign trail is talking about the border. It's not always about who, but what comes over the border, making sure that we crack down, secure that border. And we don't see those fentanyl deaths continue to go up. We've seen it right here in our community and we've seen it across the state of Ohio, especially after three years of progress. So, It's very sad to see this happening in our great state. And we need to have a turnaround on that issue as well.
1: We're talking to Madison Jessie seattle Gilbert. She is the Republican running against Amelia Sykes in District 13, which, as she pointed out, was Tim Ryan's district. It has been reworked, and uh, since the uh, uh, lines were redrawn, so it's uh, not a reliably blue district anymore. There are some conservative slash Republican areas that are included this in this, so that's why it's considered to be a toss-up. You know, some of the things that you just talked about that we face every day, and I think some people have said it online too. Go to the go to the gas station and fill your tank before you vote. In fact, go get your groceries for the week before you vote. Stop by the clothing store and make sure your kids have what they need for the winter in terms of their uh, warm clothes before you vote. If people go and do those things, and by the way, maybe take a look at your, your heating bill, uh, the last one that came in the mail. If people look at those things before they go and vote, how on earth could they possibly say, yeah, I support all of those things and vote, vote Democrat?
6: Well, exactly. I mean, pretty much go anywhere, do anything, spend money anywhere, and you're going to be feeling the impact of inflation. Not to mention the crime rates. I mean, just look at Akron and Canton right now, uh, nearing all-time highs and some violent crimes and deaths. Uh, it's not acceptable. And we have Democrats that are pushing, you know, and people like my opponent that have supported policies like cashless bail, have supported letting violent criminals back onto the streets and mandatory releases after 72 hours. I mean, none of this is okay, and it's only going to get worse. We don't want to become Philadelphia. We don't want to become Chicago. We don't want to become New York. Uh, we're Ohio. We're the best state in the country, and we want to go back to the good policies to keep these people behind bars, to have economic prosperity that we saw a few years ago, to have energy independence. This is what we're fighting for. Uh, my son's generation and the future generations of this country deserve better, and they deserve to have that American dream available to them the same way that it was available to me and to my parents and my grandparents in this country.
1: Madison, I'm so glad to hear you talk about uh, crime, because that is an issue. I hear people like Kathy Hochul, and I know we're, we're in Ohio, but but I think this is a bigger picture thing as far as the Democrats' um, platform and their their, their, uh, their issues. Kathy Hochul is, of course, running for re-election, well, for election for the first time. She, of course, stepped in when they fired Cuomo. Uh, said she doesn't understand why her opponent is so focused on crime and, uh, and, and, and why it is that, that they think that this is such a problem violent crime is up in america's largest cities by double digits in in most of them and in the mid double digits in many of them and we're talking in the 30s 40s and 50 percent. we're talking about the most violent crimes we're talking about about murders rapes uh, assaults robberies and so forth we see it on tv and we see it on the internet all the time people being assaulted in broad daylight shoved in front of subway trains or or uh, being victims of the knockout game and just being blasted these things are so extraordinarily important to americans and the democrats are telling us that we're fear-mongering if we point these things out i mean that's I, I, you know we talk about prices all day long you and i we can talk about some of the culture issues we can talk about education and so on and so forth if we can't feel safe walking down the streets in our own neighborhoods or in our own urban centers for going out for dinner to dinner in cleveland or something of that nature if we can't feel safe there what is what is the point of any of it right
6: oh it's absolutely horrible what we say going on and like i said you know we don't want to see Akron, Canton become the next Philadelphia or New York. Uh, You see people like Kathy Hochul and they just can't relate because guess what? It doesn't impact them. She's protected. She has armed security all the time. The rest of us simply do not. So we have to be able to protect ourselves and we want our communities to be safe so that we hopefully are never put in a position to have to do that. And so, like I said, cashless bail, not acceptable. Obviously, the bad economy ties into this to a certain extent as well when you see those robbery numbers and and things like that going up. Uh, But the violent crimes have gotten out of control. Canton just was named the most dangerous city in ohio um cleveland one of the most dangerous cities in the country we're seeing again those violent crime rates up in akron and we have to do better we have to do better and the democrats have nothing to offer on this issue just like they have nothing to offer on the economy and i really think it's largely those two issues why we're going to be very successful tonight and why races across the state and across the country will go across the finish line even in some districts across the country d plus 10 districts we have a chance to win tonight and that's something that just you have not
1: seen in any other election. Yeah, I think that's very well said. We're talking. If you just tuned in to uh, Madison jesse out of Gilbert, she is the Republican candidate for District 13 in this uh, very important congressional race against Amelia Sykes, who apparently has nothing to run on except to call Madison uh, an extremist for believing in protecting preborn babies. really What a shocking, terrible thing that would be, um, Madison. Last thing for you, uh, I, I do want to talk about education super briefly here. Um, Jim Jordan, when I talked to Jim Jordan on Monday, and I talked to him weekly, um, he talked about how one of the priorities will be in investigation and oversight, if indeed we take over the majority and thus run the committees, and he'll probably be the uh, uh, chairman of the uh, Judiciary Committee, one of the things that they will investigate is the targeting of parents by the FBI and by the DOJ, because of them going to school board meetings and demanding that the schools stop indoctrinating, stop pushing CRT, stop pushing SEL, social emotional learning comprehensive sex education and sexualizing children at a very young age through this massive, you know, gender uh, identity movement. Um, This is extraordinarily important to him, again, and many who are in Congress. Will you be a fighter on that front, or how do you feel about the state of education as it pertains to that indoctrination if you get into Congress? a 100%. I
6: mean, there's one of the most important and critical duties of Congress is the oversight responsibility and I think Jim will be an amazing chairman you know when we take over the house majority once again Uh, when it comes to the parents being targeted it's unacceptable they have every single right to be at these meetings no one should be targeted and if it was happening on the other side of the aisle I'd be saying the same thing it's just simply wrong and we look at what's going on in schools we look at what's going on with children Um, I think we as parents and we as Americans have to step up because We can't sit back and allow this to happen. It becomes a very slippery slope, and I think that's how we got here because a lot of people were not involved, uh, and it started with a few little things, and now it's getting worse and worse. And so we need to make sure that we demand accountability from the FBI uh, and from the DOJ on what happened with some of these cases and that we move forward and not allow this to happen anymore. And we continue to empower parents across the country to step up, to get involved, uh, to be paying attention to what's going on in their children's schools. It's unfortunate that they have to, but they do. And we want to make sure that you know kids aren't exposed to these type of things.
1: Well, I know parents' rights are extraordinarily important to you now more than they've ever been because it's been what seven weeks, I think, since you became a mom.
6: That's right. That's right.
1: Congratulations! Almost to the day. <laughs>
6: there
1: Thank you go. And how's your little boy?
6: He's he's great. He's a great baby. We're so blessed and so lucky. It's been uh, a whirlwind and exhausting seven months, but or seven weeks. But but we're very grateful.
1: Well, congratulations to you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. I you know a lot of people would just be like, I got to stay home with my baby. I've got to stay home. And I, and I, But you're fighting for not only your baby, but for everybody's babies and for everybody's That's children right. and for the generations to come. And that, that is uh, the sacrifice that you're making by uh, by being out there and running this very important race. I want to make sure it's worth your time. I want to make sure you win. And I want to tell everybody in the 13th, Madison, Jesse, Otto, Gilbert, is absolutely what we need in Congress. Make sure you get out there and vote for her and take somebody with you. Madison, thank you for doing what you do, and I hope to talk to you as a new uh, uh, sworn-in member of the uh, United States House of Representatives the next time we chat.
6: Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me on. Everybody get out to vote. Summit Stark in Portage County.
1: There it is. Thank you, Madison. That's Madison, Jesse, Otto Gilbert, uh, joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. It gives us a time out here at 950. It gives us time to squeeze in a couple of calls. What's the most important thing to you today? What is your confidence level today? We've got after the top of the hour, I'm going to be talking to three Ohio Supreme Court justices. They're all sitting associate justices, and they're all running for re-election. Well, two of them for re-election, one of them for the chief justice position. We're going to talk to all three of them at the same time. So you really understand the importance of that court and of those races. That'll be at 1010 this morning. But I do have time for you next on Always Right Radio. Hey friends, Bob France here once again for the great people and my great friends at The Floor King. They have been sponsoring this radio program on Cleveland Radio Now for over 13 years, and I'm so grateful for the partnership that I have with them. Why? Well, because it's mutual. Uh, They trust me, and they believe in what I'm doing, and they believe in the positive impact we have on this program on the community, and I believe in what they're doing for the community by providing you tremendous services at tremendous prices. Look, inflation is crushing people in virtually every single industry. Just about anything you want to buy is costing you more money than it used to. But when you call the floor king, You are in for a treat. You are in for pre-inflationary pricing. Why? Because the Floor King, they're smart. Like I said, they listen to this program and we talk, and they knew what was coming when Biden took office. They knew inflation was going to spike, so they went out and bought as much product as they could get their hands on at those pre-inflationary pricing. Rolls of carpeting, pallets of tile and uh, vinyl tile, laminate, hardwood, you name it, and they can now push it to you with the same pre-inflationary pricing. Oh, by the way, the four bucks a gallon that is the national average in gas right now is also crushing you. So the Floor King, recognizing that, is also offering a one hundred dollar gas card with each new flooring purchase. Just call two one six six four zero five thousand two one six six four zero five thousand to learn more about that offer and to schedule a free in home estimate. Two one six six four zero five thousand. Get those floors done before the holidays at the Floor King. When you think flooring
2: enlightening the sleeping masses and stoking the fire of the American dream. Always right.
3: Radio with Bob France on the answer. A
1: couple of quickies here before the top of the hour, the election day, 2022, the day we restore America. This is such a, a phenomenal comment. Uh, and I'm so glad to, to, to hear the five yesterday pointing this out. Talk about just a great summary, just kind of a, a nutshell uh, version of the differences between the Republicans and the Democrats at this critical sta- stage of our of our nation's existence. As we're suffering to fill our grocery carts and be able to f- make the payment when we get to the register, as we're suffering trying to fill our gas tanks to get to work, as we're suffering and struggling uh, to, to meet all of the needs that we have because of the extraordinary prices, the Democrats have the solution for you. Shut up and eat canned pasta. Did, did you see this? Did you hear this? New York Congressman Sean Patrick Maloney, uh, who is uh, uh, running in a reda- redrawn district there, but who is also uh, one of the leaders, one of the top House Democrats who runs the caucus's campaign arm. In other words, it's his job to get Democrats elected, right? His statement about the state of inflation right now was, was so mind-boggling it's it's let them eat Chef Boyardee. Quote, I grew up in a family where if the gas price went up, the food price went down. So by this time of the week, we'd be eating Chef Boyardee if that budget wasn't going to change. So that's what families have to do. End quote. You can't afford to eat the way you used to. Eat the canned, processed crap. Uh, and shut up about it. That's literally it. And I think it was Dana Perino who said yesterday, if you could put the entire election cycle into one clip, That would be it. Democrats say, shut up, peasants. Eat your canned pasta. You don't deserve fresh food, and you don't deserve to be able to cook or go out to eat or to be able to cook what you used to. You know what? Shut up and accept your canned pasta and and, and, and get out of the way. That's literally... Uh, the difference between them and us, and I think what people are deciding today. I would not would never say to you, and I don't think anybody would say to you, you should sacrifice. I mean, that doesn't mean, of course, you spend beyond your means, but you shouldn't have to have your means being shrunken down to the level that they are now by Democrat policies. You shouldn't be forced to eat canned pasta because the Democrats are trying to make a point with their gangrene climate groups. It's just an astounding uh, it's statement of, of, you know, it's like, show me that you're out of touch with the common man without showing me you're out of touch with the common man. Tell them all to eat canned pasta. That's, that's number one. And number two, if you think they're just going to accept the fact that they're idiots and they're going to get slaughtered in the, in the ballots, uh, ballot boxes all across this country tonight, and they're just going to accept that, well, then you don't know the demon rats. In Pennsylvania, Frankenstein's campaign filed a lawsuit against Pennsylvania elected officials yesterday. Did you catch this yet? Frankenstein Fetterman suing the Pennsylvania Board of Elections a week after the Pennsylvania Supreme Court ordered that board to not count any absentee or mail-in ballots that are undated or are incorrectly, incorrectly dated envelopes. In other words, the 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 the, the Pennsylvania. Supreme Court said that elections should be fair. They said that ballots that are cast should be cast legally and before the deadline, by way of the date on the envelope. And if it isn't done legally, it doesn't count. Well, Frankenstein says you should count those anyway. Apparently, Frankenstein thinks that his voters are just like him. And that they are completely and mentally incapable of doing things the right way. So he wants to sue to make sure that all of those illegal ballots, which he assumes will be for him, are counted and made legal. They're not giving up without a fight. And their fight is a dishonest, deceptive, cheating one. Make sure you know that before we get into the results tonight.
0: You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness.
3: Welcome to
1: Always Right Radio with Bob France on Aya 1420, The Answer. Hour number two underway on the day we save America. Good morning once again. Thanks for being with us. Nine minutes past ten o'clock. On this Tuesday, D-Day, Decision Day, the 8th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2022, the day we have been pointing to for two years now, pointing to as the moment that we undo the damage that was going to be done over the 22 months between the last election and the swearing-in of the Biden administration with full congressional control by his party. Uh, to today. We knew damage was going to be serious. It was going to be significant and severe, and it is. And there's a lot of damage that has impacted all of us here in the state of Ohio as well. So what are we going to do? This was the moment we've been looking to. Now, what do we do with it? Well, according to the latest numbers, we are poised to do an awful lot with our opportunity here. Republicans now have a 70% chance, according to Market Watch, of winning the Senate in the midterm elections, joining the lower chamber and winning the House. This is a uh, it's a very very strong uh, predictor. It is a very historically accurate predictor, and we now have a 70% chance of winning the House at the federal level and the Senate, which is a tremendous thing. And of course, none of that matters if you don't actually go out and make it happen. That is assuming everybody who plans to vote that way does go out and vote and does not take anything for granted. But that's only the legislative side at the federal level. We have a legislative side at the state level that is extremely important as well, and nobody talks about the judicial level. The judiciary is maybe even more important. I know we are a three separate but co-equal branches of government system, and it's true that they are co-equal, but one of them may be as important or more important than the others, at least here in the state of Ohio. The Supreme Court control is up for grabs and we are blessed now and honored to be joined by three extraordinary associate justices in the ohio supreme court who are poised to make sure that this state is run by legislators who are monitoring and following the constitution it is their job to make sure all laws that are passed and all decisions that are made are constitutional and these three are extraordinary two of them are running for reelection to their associate justice positions one of them is running for chief justice Let's welcome to our program now all three of these very important uh, individuals. First, Sharon Kennedy we spoke with about a week and a half ago. She is running for Chief Justice against Jennifer Bruner. Justice Kennedy, good to have you back. How are you this morning?
7: I am fantastic. Thank you for the opportunity to come back and speak with your listeners.
1: Well, it is a pleasure to have you, and it's so important to have you, as well as uh, your two uh, colleagues on the court. Uh, Let me welcome uh, Associate Justice Pat Fisher to our program, running for re-election to his position. Justice Fisher, good morning. Good morning. Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you, sir. Thank you very much. As well as now, Associate Justice Pat DeWine, the third of the what I believe to be right uh, judicial temperament uh, justices that are serving on our court right now. Pat DeWine, thank you for joining us this morning. How are you, Justice?
5: I'm great, thank you.
1: This is all about judicial temperament. This is all about the the recognition of the Constitution and the the the, the right of all all Ohioans to expect that the Constitution is being followed by laws that are uh, created and by decisions that are made uh, at the executive level as well. And that's why it is so important to have all three of you here. Now, I want to ask you as a body or as a group, and and uh, uh, Justice Kennedy, you can go first, simply because uh, you're running for Chief Justice here. Can you explain to you know the the lay Ohio voter who really has heard all about JD Vance and Tim Ryan? They've heard all about you know the congressional candidates as well, the House candidates as well, but they just don't know a ton about the Supreme Court. Can you explain the importance of having uh, you know a judici- judicial philosophy prevailing on that court that is not activist, but that is solely interpretive of the Constitution?
7: I can. Thank you for the question and for your listeners. I think you look at it from the perspective of some common sense. What were the founders creating when they created the tripartite system of government that you spoke about? The legislative branch, which is to go forth and actually create the laws that we, the people want. they are representative voice. The executive branch goes forth and gives it effect and enforces it. And it is the role of the judiciary as the founder saw it to wait for the case and controversy to come before them to decide what the law says, not what the law should be to make a decision based on the constitution, the language of the constitution at the time is as it was written and commonly understood and simply apply it to the facts of the case. It is not our province to actually go out and create words or create legislation by eliminating words or adding words to the Constitution or a statutory provision. A great number of Ohioans believe judicial decisions should not be based on personal feelings or political views, only the text of the law. That is the only way to preserve the republic is the separation of powers and the men and women in the judiciary who will respect that
3: limited role.
1: That is uh, very well said, Justice uh, Sharon Kennedy. Justice Fisher, if you want to build upon that and also talk a little bit about yourself and your philosophy, because you know it's one thing for us to say, this is what a a Supreme Court should look like, this is what jurists should be all about, but they don't know you from your opponent, so can you tell us about yourself and how you fit that bill?
3: Sure. Thank you. Um, Yeah, several months ago, some guy was yelling at me, complaining that I was what he called a common sense textualist, and I said, "No, I am. Thank you. Keep saying that." <laughs> because I, you know, I always joke about Fisher. My name Fisher I has a C in it, the German way from down in Cincinnati where I grew up. That uh, common sense, C for common sense. And you, uh, as Justice Kennedy mentioned, you look at the, t- you gotta look at the text, the words. You can't just make up what you want because you feel the words are wrong or you want to get what you want by, you know, arguing differently and not following the words as written at the time. It's not... I I know people have great respect for justices and stuff, but it's not that hard to enforce the law as written. You just do it. You look at the words and say, that's what that means, and you do it. And judges, justices on our courts that are not the three of us just kind of manipulate the words to get where they want to be instead of following the words where we 're supposed to be,
1: you know, Justice Fisher, uh, before I go to Justice DeWine, can you give me an example of that? I think that 's what people need to hear. Um, I know generally speaking, you uh, you know those on courts like the Ohio Supreme Court don 't speak uh, of their colleagues decisions without writing a dissent. Um, but can you be specific when you say that some of those who are not the three of you are not necessarily following the, uh, uh, the job description as, as advertised?
3: Yeah, I, I have a dissent where uh, the, the Constitution says that it's, uh, uh, the redistricting map by the, OD, um, by the redistricting commission mm-hmm. for four years, or it actually puts two elections for four years, shall be enforced. It doesn't give any exceptions, and yet the majority keeps finding exceptions. Even though it says four years or two elections, I don't. I don't know how you get to that if there's no exceptions written in. If they don't exist.
1: Well, that, that, that's a great example. Uh, we're talking with uh, three Ohio associate Supreme Court justices or associate justices on the Supreme Court, Sharon Kennedy running for chief, uh, Pat Fisher running for uh, a reappointment or reelection, rather. To his seat, as well as Pat DeWine and Justice DeWine, uh, if you'd like to also kind of follow up on that, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. You had, at least by the, by the numbers, a four to three majority on the court who kind of believed in this by way of their status as Republicans. But I think the last Chief Justice or the outgoing Chief Justice, Maureen O'Connor, didn't necessarily always, um, uh, see things that way can you talk about the importance of having four at least four strong united uh textualists as uh justice fisher just talked about on this court
5: sure i think you know probably the best way to do that is to give another example you know we had a case this year you probably heard about DuBose. Yeah. uh this was this was a case where we had someone who allegedly committed a murder then fled I uh, got arrested in Las Vegas. When he got arrested, he had credit cards, for his own, gave the cops fake ID. But anyway, when they, they caught him, they brought him back. judge held a hearing on bail. And at that hearing, the victim's grandmother came in and talked about how scared she was if this person got out. Now, the whole family was terrified. Well, so the judge, in that case, set up bail designed to protect the community. But that wasn't the end of the story because the case ultimately reached the Ohio Supreme Court. And when it got to our court, uh, four to three votes, so all three of us wrote dissents. But four in the majority said that judges in Ohio, when they set bail for violent criminals, are not allowed to even consider public safety. And they said that judge in that case made a mistake because she listened to the victim. And going forward, judges can't consider public safety. They can't listen to victims when they set bail for people who've committed allegedly violent offenses. Uh, You know, that's really dangerous. Uh, It's led to people getting out on low bails across the state. Uh, many times committing other crimes. Fortunately, uh, the legislature uh, and some prosecutors, uh, attorney general, uh, saw what was going on, and issue one was put on the ballot, which will overrule the DeBo's the decision and allow judges to again consider public safety. But we, you know, we can't afford to amend the constitution every time the Ohio Supreme Court decides the case. So, you know, we've got to have four judges, justices on there who are committed to the rule of law.
1: That is such an important point. Thank you, Justice DeWine. So, Justice uh, Kennedy or Justice Fisher, either one of you here, talk about a little bit more. And Justice Kennedy, you and I did this uh, a week ago about issue one. Um, clarify one thing for me that Justice DeWine just said. He said that going forward, if issue one passes and we get yes votes from enough Ohioans on this, judges will be able to consider public safety and criminal record of the individual the accused when deciding on bail. Is it just? able to or does it compel just judges to consider those things before issuing uh, a bond
7: it is enumerating a series of factors in order for trial courts to consider and it is seriousness of the offense likelihood of of return Mm -hmm. threat to community safety and the offenders criminal history And then the provision goes on to say, and any other factor that the General Assembly shall enumerate. That was actually in the original language of the 1851 constitutional uh, amendment controlling bail. So the General Assembly had the power to actually assert and enumerate factors in the statute for trial courts to consider. That really does, as Justice DeWine just said, take us back to where we were before the DuBose case. So they have a series of factors. They should be looking at all of those factors when setting the bond of a dangerous offender.
1: Now, again, I apologize if I sound redundant in my question, but uh, um, should consider those things is different than must consider those things. Does issue one compel a judge to consider all of those things before deciding on a bond? I think it says shall consider these things. So does that mean must I don't mean to pick nits here. I just, I'm just i really curious about it, because I hope it does. I hope it doesn't, hope it doesn't a allow a judge off the hook where a judge can say, yeah, I can consider those things, but I'm choosing not to. I'm choosing only flight risk the way they did in the Debose case. So I'm curious as to what shall the is, actual... shall is mandatory. So it's a must. So it is a must. That's important. Uh, Justice uh, Fisher, weigh in on this if you could and explain. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Go it, ahead, it, Justice Kennedy. It, no, I
3: was going to say it's a must, just like oh. Justice Kennedy said. But if it's not a factor, the judge can say, "Well, it's not a factor." But if it is a factor, the judge must consider it. But even if it's not a factor, the judge just it, says, it, "Well, I consider it, but there is no evidence now." With,
1: Justice, without getting why, into too it, much legalese, what what does that yeah. mean, though? <laughs> okay. What does a factor mean, Justice uh, Fisher?
3: It, a factor is a it generally is a list of elements or uh, characteristics that. A judge has to consider, or can consider. In this case, the judge must consider, must consider.
1: In public, tell the people of Ohio, at least those who are listening right now, Justice Fisher. What it would mean for public safety if we don't pass issue one? If issue one fails and judges are allowed to just do what we saw in the DeBose case and consider flight risk only and not public safety and not witness safety, something that Justice Kennedy and I have previously discussed, witness safety in cases like this. Uh, what does this mean for the state of Ohio in terms of public safety?
3: Well, think about it this way. Let me, instead of witness, let me give you a better example. Right. Domestic violence case. Alleged defendant allegedly beat up girlfriend or wife, comes in, currently under the DuBose case, the judge cannot consider public safety, i.e. safety of the woman, when setting bail. And a guy goes, gets out on no bail or very little bail and kills the wife or the girlfriend. In Buffalo, New York, that very example happened about a week ago. Domestic violence case. The judge, they believed in no cash bail, which is the same as what we have. Uh, with you can't consider right. public safety, and he got out. And the next day, he killed the, the woman.
1: Well, and in, justice, even bus, even without even without that horrific end, uh, the individual can just do enough to scare, threaten, or intimidate the the woman into going well, forward with her claim, saying, "If you do this, well, it's, it's, it's going to get worse."
3: exactly just as justice dewine mentioned in that case the dubois case the grandmother of the victim testified in court that they were scared of him and the judge in the in the spring court again lowered bail it, it it's too it's overturning 200 years of judicial control of that issue and it's just saying, let, let people go. doesn't matter. And that makes no common sense.
1: No, it's, just- it's, it's, it's indefensible uh, is what it is, Justice uh, Fisher. Uh, let me go back to Justice DeWine now and talk more about the importance of these three races. And if people are just tuning in, you're listening to the three current associate justices on the Ohio Supreme Court that you absolutely must vote for. Two of them to their uh, reelected to their positions, and one of them, in Justice Kennedy as the chief justice, Justice uh, DeWine. The importance of this could not be uh, uh, overstated. I believe because if we get all three of you to win these races, uh, Justice <coughs> Kennedy's spot as an associate justice is now open, and this would provide an opportunity for the governor, your father, if. Assuming he wins again, uh, to fill that spot with hopefully another conservative justice. And that, I guess that really is the ultimate thing here because it's a 4-3 court then, and if it goes the other way, if one of you loses, it is essentially going to be a, a flipping of the court, correct?
5: Correct. I mean, if any of us lose, we will have an activist Ohio Supreme Court. The act, you know, we'll have We will have a court that instead of simply applying the law, Wants to, we'll have a court that goes out and pursues its own policy agenda. That's what happened in the Debose case. You know, my my opponent, for example, she says she agrees with the result in Debose. So uh, I think that shows you, uh, you know, what could happen if we lose. You know, that uh, an activist court is bad for public safety. Uh, you know, we've seen this kind of no cash bail, defund the police agenda coming from the coast. Well, the Debose case is kind of part of that right it's it's much in the way of getting rid of getting rid of bail and you know the last thing we need is that kind of agenda uh from the majority on the ohio supreme court
1: yeah i'm going to assume uh, justice kennedy that your opponent jennifer bruner is the same way uh feels the same way about for example dubose uh
7: yeah she joined the majority and she said recently in an npr interview that as the chief she would drive ohio to no cash bail it's one of her platforms on her website for running for office for chief
1: i don't understand how they can wear robes i'm sorry i don't mean to be flippant here but oh my goodness no i mean it's just so dangerous to the public uh justice fisher terry jameson is your opponent in this uh case as well also on the majority under both
3: no uh she's an appellate judge but she she's uh, been to I, I,
1: I mean, in seat. her statement, in her... In her uh, in yeah, her... no,
3: she, she's taken a very uh, hands off approach, let's say, to okay. answering the question. But, uh, I mean... Well, that, that says a lot, right? Doesn't with, that answer the question? She's running with if, the other two... Right. that are clear where they are, so I, I assume she's with
1: them, but I don't know that. Yeah, well, if she's not going to say directly and uh, that, that DeBose is wrong, and we need to have judges consider public safety and witness safety and criminal records and criminal history when we decide bail, then she, if you're not willing to say that, then you are obviously saying the opposite. So that's what I want people to know as we wrap our conversation here and as they head to the ballot boxes today. Uh, Justice Sharon Kennedy must be the next Chief Justice. You absolutely have to get there and vote for her. You have to vote vote for Pat Fisher. And like I said, this is a, they're appearing with me today not out of time convenience uh, together, but because they are all together and like-minded ideologically when it comes to interpreting the law and being uh, you know, justices that are not activists, but that are act- actually textualists and believe in the Constitution and rule accordingly. So we need Pat Fisher, Pat DeWine, and Sharon Kennedy to all return to the court with uh, Justice Kennedy in the chief seat and then have an appointment to make sure that there is a, uh, like we say, a textualist uh, court rather than an activist court. And if the state of Ohio is to be safe and is if the state of Ohio is to be run properly, this is simply a must. There is no... Uh, ambiguity here. So uh, to all three of you, thank you for coming on together. Thank you for presenting a united front and making sure to tell Ohioans that we have to vote yes on issue one. And we didn't talk about it, but we need to make sure that only citizens vote as well, which is on issue two. And we need to make sure that all three of you get back onto the Supreme Court. Justice Sharon Kennedy, Justice Pat Fisher and Justice Pat DeWine, thank you all and the best of luck to you for your sakes, but also for all of ours in the election today.
3: Thank you, Bob. Thank you. And, and Thank you. Bob, if you want to help your listeners remember, they can vote for the rock group Sharon and the Two Pats.
1: I like it. I like it. That's, that's, that's a great name. And I hope there's a band out there that'll think about that. Sharon and the Two Pats. That works. That works for me. Anything to Anything to commit that to memory when they get inside that uh, precinct. Thank you, Justice. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. There, there you have it. Uh, Sharon Kennedy, Pat Fisher, Pat DeWine, all of whom have to win. If, if, if you only go halfway and vote for one or two of them but not the third, we're screwed. We're going to have an activist court, as I think Justice DeWine or Justice, Justice Fisher described. We're going to have an activist court of leftists who do not believe in the Constitution and its text, but believe in legislating from their benches, in their robes, and that can't happen. Time out now for news. Peter Kersenau analyzes all of the above and more next on Always Right Radio.
2: free people is the truth because
4: the truth often
1: poses a threat to power always right with bob france truth is the most important value we have on am 1420 the answer Ten we're a little over three hours into the saving and the restoring the i don't know i'm trying to think of new words i keep saying the same ones at the top of every uh, segment but the restoration of our constitutional republic is underway. We're about three hours into the voting period. We've got, uh, what is that going to leave us with about now? Seven, about nine left. Uh, make sure that you get there and make sure you do what needs to be done to protect this country and restore to what it once was. It's too late to save it. It has to be restored. It's already been stolen. It has to be recovered. And those are the words I'm going with this time around. Let's welcome back to our program our good friend who normally joins us for almost a full hour on Tuesdays, but since he's going to be hosting my program on Friday, uh, live as I am in Washington, D.C., at the World War II Memorial uh, dedication of the D-Day prayer, Peter now is going to be with us for an abbreviated version this morning. Pete is a member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights, obviously, and it's good to have you back, my friend. How are you?
4: doing great bob everybody's got to remember to vote on the down ballot measures and down ballot candidates don't just focus on things like the senate and congress as important as those may be we've got a lot of candidates who are going to be changing the direction of this country all the way up and down and also the issues don't forget the issues we've got two extremely important issues now senate senate one and two um and those need to be voted on also so uh Other than that, I'm doing well. It's a beautiful day in Cleveland, and it's pretty clear to me now, Bob, I'm going to have to run for office in order to get some airtime with you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, no, you uh, you're gonna have your own three hours unfettered on Friday uh, once again. And thank you, by the way, for sitting in for me last Friday as I was as, as was at uh, Hillsdale for my daughter's presentation. And this Friday, uh, I really appreciate you sitting in as well. There'll be a lot of opportunity to talk with the folk talk with the folks about where we where we are headed based on what happens today. Pete, you couldn't be more right about down ballot, and particularly the judicial races. I just had on the three Supreme Court justices in the state of Ohio that must return to the court. Two of them in their associate justice roles, and one in Sharon Kennedy to the chief justice role. And they underscored the issues as well, particularly issue one. I'm failing to understand why we need to even go through this. How on earth did the Supreme Court through the DeBose case get it so backwards that judges can only consider flight risk when it comes to bail amounts? I mean, why, yeah. what is this new obsession? Yeah, that that is really with uh, turning criminals loose before their trials.
4: Right, you know, and I think we've talked about this, Bob, before. The Civil Rights Commission did a comprehensive study of this last year. Unfortunately, I was the only one who, um, I, I didn't even dissent. I, I abstained from it because there were some decent things in the report, but I abstained from it but wrote to what amounted to be a dissent. Uh, it's incomprehensible to me that anyone under, would misunderstand all of the purposes of bail reform. Everyone keeps focusing on saying, well, uh, the purpose of this is to make sure that people reappear in court. That's one of the purposes. But what we've seen across the country is the failure to use bail for purposes of incapacitation. That means making sure violent individuals are not on the street to intimidate witnesses, for example, and commit other crimes. We've seen so many times when we've these videos, especially in New York, of people out on bail, the guy up in Milwaukee mowed down the parade um, participants, people who have been out on bail, it, frankly, they're not even out on bail. They didn't even post bail. They simply are released and then commit more crimes. Those people who get arrested are usually the small court of individuals who are repeat offenders. It makes sense to incapacitate them. And people say, well, you know, they haven't even had a trial. Why would you um, uh, you know, put them in jail if they haven't even had a trial and been convicted, been proven guilty? Well, among other things, our legal process and understood, understand that the criminal procedure is different than civil procedure and there's higher stakes in criminal procedure, but nonetheless – our legal system is such that we don't necessarily go through full-blown trials before certain types of actions are taken by our judiciary. So, For example, in a temporary restraining order, if you have a preliminary um, showing that a temporary restraining order is needed, you get a temporary restraining order pending a full-blown hearing. This is even more important. We have people who have um, you know, been arrested. Committed crimes, at least there's there's evidence that they committed crimes, and then if we put them back out on the street, my goodness, they're going to commit more crimes, possibly, and or intimidate witnesses, and you're never going to get that conviction. So I think that, 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 that in and of itself, people need to remember that, vote for um, making sure that you can consider somebody's propensity to commit crimes, somebody's danger to the community, when deciding on bail.
1: Yeah, it is. And, you know, uh, let, let's transfer this now to the bigger race, which, of course, is the Senate race. And uh, the good news is, according to what Jack Windsor told me last night on our podcast, um, at least four new polls have dropped. All have J.D. Vance up by near double digits, uh, somewhere yeah. in the range of seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. In fact, one of them is at 12 points. Real clear politics has him up uh, by double digits, for goodness sakes, and that's the average uh, of all of the other polls. Uh, but, it, it you know, it shouldn't be understated that Tim Ryan... Said when he was running for president a couple of years ago that literally he believes in number one, no cash bail. Let these people walk in, <clears throat> be arraigned, and then walk right back out again. Uh, you know, no matter what it does to the community or to the potential witnesses in that case. And the number two that we should um, empty the prisons. Uh, he said I don't want to say half of the prison should be emptied, which is what the questioner uh, had posed to him. But he said all non-violent offenders should be released. I am all for it. And Pete, I can't even begin to explain how dangerous that is if he thinks that nonviolent offenders are not threats to the community.
4: That's a disqualifier from any office, frankly. This is the but but let's be clear about this. You and I have talked about this. You cannot vote for anybody with the D after their name because they've all signed on to this lunacy. And it's one of the reasons why they're going to get wiped out today tonight um in the election because they have done all kinds of they've lost control of their own narrative they have no idea what they're doing they've they've yielded much of the democratic party to the outright radicals uh the aoc wing of the party and it let's face it all of their policy initiatives and you can say this they'll, they'll deny it but they are pro-criminal show me one that actually protects average, law-abiding Americans. I'll have that debate with anybody. Every one of their initiatives favor criminals. It's an an amazing thing. And then they say, oh, well, the crime increase has nothing to do with our policies. Oh, really? Is that why 27 of the largest 30 cities uh, in the country that are uh, have Democratic mayors have the biggest crime rates in the country? I mean, come on, be serious about this. This is important stuff that we're talking about here. We have an opportunity to begin to turn the ship of state around, and I think we will. I think based on, um, you know, the real clear politics averages, it appears as if right now that we're gonna take, meaning the Democrats, uh, will lose four Senate seats, 31 House seats, that's the real clear politics average, but I think it may be a little bit more than that, even though I'm conservative on these things. But um, the Republicans are close or leading in state and local races in blue states. That's incredible. You mentioned the RCP average of polls related to Vance over... Um, Ryan. Uh, Ryan at ten, eight, nine, six 9, and 6%. In Georgia, Walker's ahead by either 1 or 3. In New Hampshire, this is one that's really amazing. Bulldog, who got no money, and remember... Why he has hardly any money, and that's because Mitch McConnell took a lot of money in the um, the Republican Senate pack and transferred it elsewhere, and he's only behind incumbent Senator Hassan by two points, all by himself. And you know, uh, there's other states. You know, Nevada we should take over. Cortez Masto, Laxalt's going to prevail. So, I, if things go the right way, we should have Republican control of the House and Senate, but. As I've said, I think on NRO or somewhere, I said it somewhere, it was peculiar to me that our senile commander-in-chief on two separate occasions in the last week said, don't be surprised and be patient because we may not have the results of an election on election night. It may take several days, and that bothers me. Yeah, Why that's does what Karine Jean-Pierre
1: said yesterday. She said yesterday, right. you know, and it is just such... Garbage. It is so, uh, so, uh, such an attempt to, you know, d- to, to diminish or, or to minimize the expectations of the conservatives and also to try to bolster up the, the Democrats to say, you know, when you think it's over, it might not be over. And Peter, after what we yeah. saw happen, you know, and, and, I'm, and I'm still struggling to understand this. I truly believe that only in a banana republic can we not get all of the votes cast counted right. in a single night. Every other country does it, and we used to do it. This never was a, this. This wasn't a thing twenty years ago, thirty years ago, where we're still counting four nights later. i oh, we'll let you know how these things turn out. Um, I, I don't know how we got here for that, Pete.
4: Yeah, well, you know, we're going to be called election deniers again. No, we're not. We are citizens of the United States of America. We are patriots. We have a First Amendment right to question anything and everything, and especially when it comes to elections. That's one of the principal things we should be talking about all the time. And what bothers me is when he says it's going to take a few days to determine the outcome of the election. As you said, only banana republics are like that. But, you know, we saw, and I don't know, maybe I'm an election denier, you know, that the worst thing in the world, an election denier, by looking at what has happened in a number of states where it looked like, for example, Trump was ahead, and then all of a sudden, Later on, we find out that he's not ahead, or some other candidate, and it always seems to be on the Republican side who's always. not ahead. In other words, so election night, we are ahead by 50,000 votes. And then, hey, the Democrats figure out how many votes they need to prevail. Next thing you know, elections shut down. All the observers need to be pushed out, as we saw down in Georgia or in Philadelphia or in Detroit. And then, lo and behold, you find all these ballots that just happen to be all Democratic ballots. I don't know. Look, I'm, I'm, I've been a lawyer for four dec- more than four decades. People lie to me every day. They lie to me in depositions, lie to me in arbitrations, lie to me in trials. I get lied to all the time. I have a pretty good sense for when somebody's telling me something that's not 100 Percent kosher, and we should be skeptical. We should be skeptical if we are responsible citizens holding our government to account. So, but I think we're going to prevail uh, tonight. I think Republicans will take over the House and the Senate, and I'm hopeful that we're going to see some uh, surprises, such as my personal favorite, in addition to Bulldog, yeah, I I call him Bulldog, but uh, in addition to him is up in uh, Michigan. I'm hopeful for the gubernatorial race, even though it doesn't affect us, I'm hopeful that Gretchen Whitmer, probably one of the most wretched governors in the entire country, is defeated by uh, Tudor Dixon, who, um, I don't know, I've, I've just... I don't know her. Uh, I've never, you know, advocated for her or anything. But I did a little bit more reading. I've seen her on television expressing her opinions, and I know that Gretchen Whitmer is just horrible. And in a blue state like Michigan, it'd be very, very, um, I think, hopeful. Well, if, here's, uh, here's,
1: here's an example of uh, of Gretchen Whitmer that you're talking about, and perhaps which may push some people over to Tudor Dixon. Just simple sanity would do so when you hear things like this. <laughs> Listen. Uh, Hold on a second. Here it comes.
7: Bipartisan tax cut will help reduce the economic burden
1: of the cost of menstrual
7: products, especially for lower-income Michiganders. Saving people with a period from paying taxes on up to $4,800 in spending over the course
1: of their lifetime. Anything jump out at you there, Peter? (laughs) Where do I begin? People with a period.
6: I mean, with the period, saving this is the people thing. This with is a the d-
1: period money. I mean, you can't even say the word woman. You can't even acknowledge Bob. the existence of biological women. They're people with periods, as if Peter. There are men who can menstruate, as if there can't. There are Bob. You're way behind the curve here. A couple of weeks ago, as I mentioned, I was up at my football reunion
4: at my alma mater. Go into any dormitory, uh, any uh, restroom in them, and you go to the men's room, and there will be a tampon dispenser in there. Okay? They never get used for good reasons.
1: All right, Peter, let's put this to the test. Are there tampon dispensers in the football locker room? Well,
4: not yet. (laughs) 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 Not yet. (laughs) I'm not going to be... But, I'm but, not I mean, going to be honestly, able to guarantee you, they'll you, never be there.
1: You're, if you're an independent, reasonably-minded person in Michigan who, you know, maybe maybe you're not dyed-in-the-wool conservative, but maybe you're not a radical leftist either, but you just hear stuff like that. Not to mention, of course, what she did. She was locked down Gretchen uh, for the entirety of COVID and now is denying all of those things. But these are – and, and she's, she's just one example. Let me give another cover. How about this one? How about this one from uh, Kathy Hochul, the governor of uh, New York? This is why, according to Kathy Hochul, Democrats are going to lose all of these things tonight. You
7: know, the problem with Democrats, they're doing all this good stuff, right? We have a lot of accomplishments, but they just don't message the right way. You know, the Republicans are better at the messaging. You know, the problem with Democrats... Pete,
1: uh, Pete, the the, the left controls the mainstream media. The left controls the social media. If they had anything to tout that was positive to message, it would be messaged. But, yeah. but but she's she's saying we're great but just you know our messaging is bad. I mean, how is the messaging bad when you control the messaging system?
4: That's precisely right. And give you some some stats on that. Think of uh, we have record crime, record inflation, record gas prices, record illegal immigrants, all kinds of problems that you can draw a direct line from a policy prescription on the part of the Democrats to that malady. And yet the Washington Examiner just a couple of days ago said that the party in power responsible for all those things, 87% of media across the country, or 80%, 87% of the coverage by the media across the country of Republicans was negative. 87% of Republicans. The Democrats are responsible for all these problems, yet 87% of the coverage of the party out of power. Is negative. That's what we're up against. We're up against, you know, and Elon Musk got this, and I don't know that he's a, he's a conservative. I don't think that he is. He's but he understands what's going on here, and I think a lot of voters are beginning to understand, a lot of them do understand, and a lot more are beginning to understand, that this is a rigged game. I'm hopeful it's not rigged tonight, in terms of the actual electoral process, but in terms of the media, one of the reasons why I would take great pleasure in seeing a giant red wave, or just simply a takeover by Republicans of House and Senate, is so we can watch again as we saw in November of 2016 at approximately 1130 when I remember turning on the TV after not wanting to do so, but my son told me Trump was winning. I didn't believe it, turned it on. And what I saw was a panel of five people on CBS looking like they were about to cry. I didn't even have to look at the numbers and knew at that point Trump had won. I want to see the exact same thing again tonight.
1: All right, Pete, I didn't want to have to do this, but since you just kind of brought it up, um, I want to talk about the integrity of these elections and how these results can be impacted. I have a headline in front of me from yesterday in the post-millennial, but it was also on Fox News and several other news sites. The National Guard is deploying cybersecurity units to 14 states to oversee the midterm elections. This has never been done in, in 200 plus years of the United States. This has never, in 250 years, this has never been done. The U.S. National Guard is sending cybersecurity units to 14 states ahead of the midterm elections as a measure they claim to combat potential and presumed digital threats aimed at election officials. According to Zero Hedge, The commander of the Washington Air National Guard, Brigadier General Gent Gent Welsh, said, if you don't have a cyber unit in your state, you're not in a good position to help them protect elections. The states in which the National Guard will be activated are Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Illinois, Louisiana, North Carolina, New Mexico, New York, Washington, West Virginia, Iowa, and battleground states, Pennsylvania, and Arizona. The general said having these units around adds an air of credibility to what's out there because the National Guard is one of the most trusted institutions in the United States. Pete, I have never seen elections militarized before, and that's exactly what they're saying they're doing here. They're going to go to these states as cybersecurity protectors of the integrity of the elections. Well, I don't, feel, me, secure, it, I don't yeah. feel secure about that. Do you?
4: Um, I don't know yet. Okay, I'm going to be I'm going to be magnanimous about this. I don't know, but when compounded with one other feature, what bothers me is that the Department of Justice has been failing to perform their central function during the course of an election. And that is to protect election integrity. When it comes to poll watchers, um, they have not been taking the measures necessary to protect poll watch- watchers, preserve poll watchers, specifically Republican poll watchers. You know. You and I and the rest of your listeners watched on election night when in Philadelphia, for example, the, poll, the uh, ballot counters put up that, that uh, sheet so poll watchers couldn't see what was going on. We also saw what happened in Atlanta when they said they were done counting, but then they forgot to turn off the video camera. And sure enough, they got everybody out of the room, all the watchers out of the room, and then they bring out those suitcases full of ballots from underneath the tables. I don't know what happened, but that's the point. We should know what happened. And it always begs the question when somebody says no visibility, when there's no transparency, okay? I would be in favor of having – we do have poll watchers, Republican and Democratic poll watchers. They're the ones who are supposed to make sure that there's nothing untoward going on. And it's also strange to me that the Democrats, or at least those empowered, make the concession – that, well, you know, maybe they're telling us that these elections are supposed to be completely secure, no problems, nothing whatsoever, nothing to see here. But at the same time, they've got to deploy these cybersecurity units. They're talking on both sides of their mouth. And when somebody does that, you've got to be concerned. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for now, for a minute, okay? But You're it's going to be a very, night. very, very short leash.
1: Yeah, you're, you're, you're a much more trusting soul than I am. Uh, but I, but yeah, that short leash, uh, make sure it's, it's literally the, as small as you can get. It. Last thing I want to ask you, Peter Kirsten, now, because it's 1058. I posted on my Twitter page, I'm back on Elon Musk's Twitter now. He is not a conservative, but he is so far being much more reasonable, and so I'm going to give this a shot. But I posted on Twitter and actually on my Facebook as well, uh, earlier this morning, and I just want to run through them, and to, you tell me what, what is glaring, if I'm missing something glaring here. I said, name something that has gotten demonstrably worse since the Democrats took power. Here's my list. Gas prices, grocery prices, clothing prices, automobile prices, energy prices, mortgage rates, wages, 401k slash stock plans, border security, imported drugs, human trafficking, violent crime, police funding, prosecuting violent offenders, weakened military, parents' rights, school performance, indoctrinated kids, grooming children, foreign influence, Supply chains, food shortages, medical freedom, personal privacy, forced experimentation, Second Amendment rights, censorship of dissenting voices, religious freedom, weaponized DOJ, weaponized IRS, and weaponized FBI. Pete, did I miss anything?
4: Uh, it's a good start, Bob. We need, we need another hour. <laughs> it's a good start. <laughs> we need another hour, and, and we will. We will address this. On Friday, when I substitute for you, it's going to be open lines. I may have one guest, one guest only, but open lines. Listen, everybody, call in as you did last time. We had a great time. Also, I'll be at McFan Thirsty Cowboy on Saturday, 9 o'clock. Come and see me there. Introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, by the way, I was supposed to speak uh, the next one after that, and I declined. There's no way I'm following you to the stage. Peter Kersenau. <laughs> that's just that's just a nightmare, trying to follow Peter I, I You'll always look bad by comparison. Pete, thank you, my friend, and thank you for sitting in on a Friday. I know you're going to have a great show. We appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, Bob. You got it. Bye-bye. 10.59, uh, actually 11 o'clock now. Let's uh, check in with the news. And on the other side of that, we're going to talk with what is hopefully the first county executive in Cuyahoga County who is a Republican. That's right. Lee Weingart will join me next on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. This
2: hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by the Floor King and keeping Medicare simple.
0: You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy... have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance.
2: This is Always Right Radio with
1: Bob Pratt on AM 1420 The Answer. Our number three is underway on Election Day, on D-Day, on Let's Save This Country Day. The eighth morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2022. It's exactly what we've been targeting for two years. Twenty-two months of insane Democrat leadership from the executive through the legislature at the federal level and sadly through too many big cities across this country. Democrat leadership is leading to a destruction of the way of life for average middle-class American citizens. Today is the day we take it back. All of it. All of it. If you think it's all about the Senate race and nothing else, you're wrong. If you think it's all about the issues, you're wrong. If you think it's all about the state Senate and the state uh, uh, General Assembly races, you're wrong. It is about all of those things and more, including local leadership. The left is very, very fond right now of talking about crime as an issue because it is one of the top three issues, according to most Americans, in virtually every survey leading up to this election. It's about uh, inflation crime and safety, or criminal justice, if you will, and uh, um, uh, border security, immigration. Those are the three biggest things, according to uh, most of the surveys. And the left is fond of saying, you know, uh, the Republicans keep talking about crime, but you know, uh, there's a higher homicide rate in the Republican states and the red states than there is in the blue states, so obviously, it's those Republicans who are the ones responsible for crime. And of course, these people are idiots. Uh, it is not because state government and state uh, law enforcement does not drive law enforcement at the local levels. That's why America's largest cities, its biggest urban populations, are almost exclusively led by Democrats and have been for decades. They are the ones with the highest violent crime rates. And guess what? One of those is the city of Cleveland. Local leadership leadership matters. And that's why it's so important for us to focus on some of these local races like Cuyahoga County Executive. For the first time since the reformation of Cuyahoga County government after the scandal involving Jimmy DeMora and the abolition of the Board of Commissioners and the County Council form of government, there has not been a Republican in charge as county executive. There can be and there should be after tonight's vote. That man is Lee Weingart, who joins us now on AM 1420, the answer to talk about this important, important race and the leadership of this county. Lee, it's good to have you back on the program, sir. How are you?
2: Bob, it's good to be back. I can go back even further. So you went back 12 years to the beginning of the new former county government. There's not been a Republican executive, whether it be as a county commissioner or as county executive, since I was in office in 1995, And no one has won the office since 1992. It has been 30 years of drought in this county, 30 years of our citizens suffering the burden of government, high taxes, regulation, out-of-control spending, and corruption. All those things come to an end when I become county executive.
1: That is a great, well, it's actually a sad thing to hear, that that actual history lesson, uh, but it is great to, to to have it to put into context what we're talking about here. Lee, I want to talk about your opponent in this race, uh, Chris Ronain. You When you and I spoke last time, we spoke mostly about your qualifications, your history, your experience, and your vision for this county going forward, and I thought it was tremendous. We didn't talk too much about Chris Yeah, I, I want to share this with you and with our listeners and, and and try to make some sense out of it. I've tried. I can't. I'm a relatively intelligent guy but i can't figure this out chris ronane is the democrat candidate in this race for county executive and on his campaign website he says this cuyahoga county needs a fresh start and a chance to get back on track our county is falling behind similar regions throughout ohio and the country as a whole we have a soft economy violent crime a high tax burden harmful racial disparities stagnant incomes and concentrated poverty Our county government has not met the expectations of its residents, and it's time for a change. Lee Weingart, can you tell me how electing another Democrat who follows the same exact playbook as the existing Democrat in that seat and those who have been in that seat for the last 12 years in the county executive spot and in the board of commissioners for the last 30, can you tell me how that brings change?
2: Chris Renane has not changed. Chris Renane is a third term of Armand Budish. Let's just be very clear about that. He wants to grow county government. He wants to add four new departments. He opposes my reasonable tax reform, for example, freezing property taxes for senior citizens, anybody 60 years old and older on fixed income, and he is opposed to my idea to consolidate income tax, under Ohio County, eliminating the 57 different local income taxes, which often results in people paying two or three local income taxes, up to 5% of their paycheck in local taxes. Under my system, they would pay a flat 2.25%. He is for bigger government, more intrusive, more burdensome, exactly what we've had the last 30 years in county government. I am for smaller government, lower taxes, less spending, less regulation, more freedom for the citizens of Kaya County.
1: You know, it's, it, it when you say it <clears throat> It's, it's as clear as, as anything can be. I'm, I'm confused, and I don't know what the polling shows or if there's reliable polling in this race, but I'm confused as to how anybody in this county cannot see with the clarity that you just provided. Literally, everything you just said is the opposite of what they are doing. Everything that, that Ronan is running on, as you said, would, would make him a third term of Armin Butish. We have the same exact mentality. I don't understand how anybody could say, yeah, the county's going great, let's give them another uh, another Another term here, just a different name at the top, but the same exact uh, uh, party and the same exact yep. leadership. I don't understand. Do you have any polling data? Do you know whether or not so the residents are buying this nonsense? We don't
2: have any current polling data on our side. But what we do have is knowledge that he has done some polling in the past three or four months. And it must have been pretty bad because last Friday he plopped down $15,000 additional on television, which ran yesterday, Monday. And it seems to me if he were way ahead, if he were confident, he wouldn't be spending an initial $15,000 on television. And he sent around a scurrilous, misleading, negative literature piece about me that was so bad that Chris Quinn, the editor of The Plain Dealer, called it out as being full of lies and misleading. Now, The Plain Dealer has endorsed my opponent in this race. So for the editor of the Plain Dealer to call out a literature piece, it must have been really misleading and really false.
1: That is a very important thing, and I hope people are listening carefully to that, because, of course, the Cleveland Plain Dealer and that auditorial board is going to endorse anything and everything left-leaning uh, or Democrat-leaning. So the fact that they were willing to call that out really does speak volumes, and so does the ad buy, as you pointed out. And I have to tell you, the commercials that I have seen, uh, featuring Chris Ronan in this race are, I don't want to say milk toast, I don't want to say vanilla, but i got to tell you, they bore the bejesus out of me. I, 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 there's nothing that inspires me that says this is the leadership we need to restore Cuyahoga County to previous uh, levels of, <laughs> of, of I don't want to say greatness even, but, but levels of goodness. Uh, I haven't seen anything from him that makes me inspired and say, yeah, that's who I need to lead us.
2: He's running a very safe campaign, a campaign without any ideas, What's interesting, in twenty fourteen, Armin Butish ran the same campaign, Democrats the County Executive with no ideas. So I think Ronane has stolen the Butish playbook in the campaign. And when you run with no ideas, you govern with no ideas. And so you'll see, as I said, a third term of Armin Butish, more people dying in the county jail, more spending, more departments, more employees, more cost. Not what we need in this county. When I was county commissioner 25 years ago, we reduced the number of employees by 700 in county government over just two years. There's a study right now looking at 800 positions that have been unfilled for the last year. I think you and I would call those uh, not necessary positions. And so if they haven't been filled for over a year, we can eliminate at least half of them. That will save us $25 million a year which I turn around, invest in our communities, and provide tax relief to our citizens.
1: Well, that's a pretty radical proposal there, Lee Weingart, shrinking government, eliminating waste. More money back in in the hands of the taxpayers. How radical could that be? And You know, I, I might take issue, we're talking with Lee Weingart if you did not hear, and if you're a Cuyahoga County resident and you are not planning to vote for Lee Weingart when you go to the polls today, when you go to your precinct today, rethink it. Don't leave before you actually look at his website, and moreover, look at Chris Ronayne's website and his campaign. I, I just said it, or I'm sorry, I wanted to respond to what you just said when you said he's a campaign... Uh, with no ideas, uh, the way Budish was. And I might take slight issue with that. Like I said, I read to you what it says on his webpage. We have a soft economy, violent crime, high taxes, harmful racial disparities, stagnant incomes, and concentrated poverty. We need to change. That's his ideas, right? Change all of that. That's not specific enough for you? We need to change all I of that? I think those are statements. Those are statements, not ideas. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the ideas, the change are the part. obvious. The idea is the change part. Here's my idea. Right. I want to be, I want to be county executive. These are all the things wrong with my county and I want them to change. That's literally his idea. So, I mean, you know, it's not very specific, but his idea is we'll change all of those things. Um, and of course, I'm speaking tongue in cheek about this because it's just insane that he literally is offering no prescriptions. How? Chris Ronane, will you deal with violent crime in Cuyahoga County? How, Chris Ronane, will you deal, deal with the high tax burden on the residents of Cuyahoga County? All of these things that he listed, he never touches in terms of here's how to fix them. It's just we need to change them.
2: So I think it's unfair. He did have two ideas. One was a freshwater festival every year to celebrate Lake Erie. Some Something like a deist thing, you know, this is the Great Lake and we're have a festival around it. And then he widened his festival fascination to include a music festival at some point. So he's running on festivals. I'm running on reducing the burden of county government, reducing taxes, making your government more responsive to you, and making it more honest.
1: Yeah. And, and when I said a moment ago that people, if they have not yet decided what they're going to do for Calgary County Executive, need to look at your website, I mean that very seriously. Your ideas are very, very specific. You've narrow scoped all of this. It's not just a matter of we need to improve that. Here's how, uh, you know, looking at your, your track record too and uh, the things you have done to eliminate budget deficits, your, your improving public safety and so forth. You have tremendous ideas that are very specific on how you're going to do these things. And, I hope voters in Cuyahoga County understand, you know, you Thank don't you, need a figurehead. Well, yeah, you know, seriously, you don't, you don't need just see a figurehead saying, I want to make things better. You need somebody that says, here is how you make things better. And that's what your campaign is versus his. I don't understand. I mean, I do know the demographics. I do know what Cleveland is. I do know that it is a deep, deep, deep blue uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, Democrat area, and that makes it very, very hard for somebody like you to win in this county. But honestly and truly, Lee, anybody who is being honest with themselves, who looks at what Chris Ronayne is running on and look at, looks at what Armin Butish did for the last two terms and then sees your 25 years of experience in this county, uh, they, there's no way they cannot legitimately and justifiably say, we've got to make that change. We've got to go with the Republican this time. Couldn't have said it better myself, Bob. Thank you so much. Well, you are saying it very well. It's been a great campaign, Lee. I, I, I'm really glad to have you on again, and I just want to give people that last push uh, as they head out the door to vote today. Whatever time you're going to do that, you really, really need to think about what's best for the county, what's best for the people, what's best for your families, not what's best for your party, your traditional party, if you've always voted Democrat. This is a time to get past that. Lee Weingart for County uh, county Executive. Uh, Lee, thank you for coming on. I hope you have a great rest of the day, and I hope you are celebrating along with the rest of this county tonight. Around. Thank the you
2: night. so much we we'll be celebrating tonight. Thanks, Bob. Have a great rest of your day. And awesome. they're out, go out and vote. Thank you.
1: Bye-bye. Thank you, Lee. That's Lee Weingart. He's ready to go. Are you? I mean that. This is, this is one of those races that people aren't thinking a lot about. They're looking at the state races. They're looking at the federal races. They're even looking at the issues, issues one and two. They're looking even at some of the Supreme Court races we talked about earlier with the justices. But if you're not out there in Cuyahoga County voting for a change to the Democrat disaster that Cuyahoga County has become, then I just I don't know where your head is. You're just not paying attention. You just don't care. Lee Weingart is the answer to this. And I don't care if you've been a lifelong Democrat. The time is right to do what's right for the families of Cuyahoga County, the business leaders, the business men and women, the workers. Cuyahoga County needs Lee Weingart. It's time. 1123 that's it that's all the interviews for the day I'm gonna leave the last uh, what 25 35 minutes whatever it is of the program to you the two one six nine zero one zero nine four five and triple eight two eight one eleven ten if you've already voted tell me how you voted if you plan to go later tell me if you're gonna vote for these uh, individuals we've been talking about if you've got questions if you just want to flex whatever you want to do two one six nine zero one zero nine four five right after this. Nine, real quick, before the bottom of the hour news, don't forget, dial in, we'll take your calls the rest of the way, 216-901-0945 and 888 281 I want to know how you voted, if you already did, I want to know what you're planning to do, if you have not yet, and I want to remind you uh, of the importance of the down-ballot races, particularly the Supreme Court races. If you missed this show uh, earlier, at ten ten this morning, we did uh, a full 20, almost 25 minutes of uh, conversation with Sharon Kennedy, Pat Fisher, and Pat DeWine. They must be taken as a group package. You understand that? You cannot vote for just one of them and say, well, I did my part, I'll vote for one of them, and maybe for the other ones I'll vote to the other side, and we'll try to balance things out. No. No. If either Sharon Kennedy... Pat DeWine or Pat Fisher loses their race for the Supreme Court. We will have a 4-3 activist court. Not a judicial court, not a textual court, not a uh, court that is dedicated to the Constitution, but an activist court where they will legislate from the bench in their little robes. It will be a disaster for the state of Ohio. If you missed that interview that I did with Sharon Kennedy... Pat DeWine and Pat Fisher, about an hour and 20 minutes ago. You're going to get it. It Will It be uploaded hopefully immediately after the show at whkradio.com on the podcast page. Listen to it and make sure you vote for all three of them. You can't vote for just one or two of them. Vote for all three of them or the Supreme Court tips to the activist progressives, which will be a disaster for this state. Can't say it strongly enough. And while we're saying it, make sure you vote yes on one and yes on two as well. We'll be back after the news.
2: Spreading the light of liberty and holding the line against the darkness of tyranny. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. All right,
1: 1137, final segment of the broadcast today, final segment to really, really get your affairs in order before you head to the polls. If you have already voted this morning, you can tell me about that. If you voted early, you can tell me about that. If you're on your way today after work, lunchtime, whatever the case might be, let me hear you what matters most to you, which of the races is the most important, and what do you intend to do to protect and to restore this great constitutional republic. So we're going to go to the phones here. And by the way, uh, also, I, I read a list to Peter Kersenow when I had him on before. Uh, if you've got one to add to that, I would love to hear it. I read a list that I put on Twitter and that I put on Facebook uh, earlier this morning about all the reasons why you need to vote red straight down the ticket. Because what my, my message was, name something that has gotten demonstrably worse since the Democrats took power. And I read a very long list. And I'm asking you, what did I miss? There, if I missed nothing, great. All of those reasons that I re- that I read... Um, will tell you why you need to vote red, why you need to vote against the Democrats. If I missed one, tell me what else there is on there as to why you need to vote for the Republicans in all of these races. All of these things got demonstrably worse since the Democrats took power. Gas prices, grocery prices, clothing prices, automobile prices, energy prices, mortgage rates, wages, 401k stock plans, border security, imported drugs, human trafficking, violent crime, police funding, prosecuting violent offenders, weakened military, parents' rights, school performances, indoctrinating kids, grooming kids, foreign influence, supply chains, food shortages, medical freedom personal privacy, forced experimentation, Second Amendment rights, censorship of dissenting voices, religious freedom, weaponized DOJ, weaponized IRS, weaponized FBI. Did I miss anything? Let me know. 216 Joanne is waiting in Twinsburg. Hi, Joanne. Go ahead.
7: Well, Bob, first of all, the shorter, the better question would be what's gotten better? And you know, we have to, you'd have no answers instead of the list. But I did want to tell you, you know, you talked about writing in a vote, you know, and the procedure and all that a couple weeks ago. And you knew I wasn't going to vote for DeWine. Right. I called Summit County Board of Elections last week to get my ducks in a row to know how it worked. Mm-hmm. And they told me what was going on. Well, I went this morning to vote. Right. Asked, asked you know, asked them for a list of write-in candidates. They sent me to someone else. She handed me the list. I went to walk into the kiosk or, you know, to the booth to vote, and she told me I couldn't take it with me. There were several races on there, several candidates for different races. And I said, What do you mean? I'm not going anywhere. I'm going over here. Oh, no, you have to look at it here and you have to leave it here. I've never heard well, of anything. Unfortunately, I was store. only How writing you... in the, the, ma- can... the governor.
1: Yeah, well, I know I get that, but still, I mean, they're allowing you to look at it, but then they're just basically saying, memorize the spelling, and if you forget (laughs) it between here and there, then then the vote won't count. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, so, I mean, fortunately, I knew what I
7: was, I mean, I knew, I just wanted to basically check the spelling of Marshall, you know, 2L, 1L, you know. Right, right, Are they going to just, you know, (laughs) and so I looked at it real fast. I went and I voted. When I got home, I called the Summit County Board of Elections. And I said, you know, I don't get this. You can't take it in. She's like, you're kidding me. Most places, they just hang it right in the booth, in each one. So you can just look. Right.
1: Why that's, wouldn't they like the you take it, it in? That's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way it's right. supposed to be. Wow.
7: And, you know, she asked if I wanted to leave my name and number. She said, but I'm going down the hall now. She asked me my precinct, where I loaded. And she said, we will make a phone call right now because that is not right. Like I said, it really didn't affect well, me. But people need to... Get their ducks in a row and know what they're doing before no, they walk in. I'm glad in. you
1: told us. And yeah, because there may be people who are going to vote now or down in Summit County or anywhere else where this might be an issue, and they need to know that they have a right to be able to take that with them and spell it right. By the way, for those who don't know, it really is as simple as the name sound. There's nothing tricky here. Marshall, Usher, and Shannon Walker for governor and lieutenant governor. They're just like you would imagine them to be spelled. There's no trickery there. Shannon is the traditional S H A N N O N, and Walker is just Walker. Marshall, Usher. But like Usher, I said, I just else. you know I mean like I said
7: when I got home
6: I thought. What do you mean? You can take no, no, no. the right. you. yeah. You're you right it. to
1: be you're right to be upset, you're right to be angry, you're right to be questioned, and I'm glad you called the elections board because um it's ridiculous that you went through that. But I want to But they did say they would call headache.
7: that precinct and tell them yeah. right away to good. get it right. So good, I'm good for you. I've had good relations with Summit County Board of Elections in the past, so I'm gonna take them at their word. Well, good for you. But, but Joanne, other people you for need the, to Thank you so much for the call. I, I've got to get
1: some other people in before we're done, Joanne. Thank you for the call. Cleveland, Roz, you're on the air. Go ahead, Roz
7: i also had an incident at the poll oh no um they had us voting at a school with not enough parking so i asked for curbside voting Right. and being a former poll worker i know that you are to take two different parties out with you i was serviced by only one person
1: well that's interesting
7: so, I was so. not given the envelope to put my vote my ballot in. She took it and put it in. Um and I immediately called the board after I left.
1: Did you watch what and she they, did with it after oh. she put it in the envelope? Did you watch where the envelope you, went? You
7: can't. You can't. You're sitting in your car.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's troublesome that they didn't have one person from each party out there to make sure that everything is on the up and up. Yeah, that's It's a,
7: actually not one from each party, but two different parties. So you can have an independent and a democrat.
1: Okay, yeah. But right, it has to be right. two different But it can't be just and, one person, one party, because then you can't trust what's going to happen with that ballot. Right. Well,
7: right. So um I called the board right away and I got a call back really quickly. And they were sending somebody or they were calling down to correct that.
1: Well, you know what? I love the fact that you, and thank you for the call, Roz, that you and Joanne and others who are having any kind of irregularities or problems whatsoever are not just taking it and hoping for the best. You're calling the boards and making sure they're doing what needs to be done here. So I'm glad you did that. Thank you for the call. Uh, Tom in Broadview Heights. Hey, Tom, go ahead. You're on the air.
3: Right in Nick Phillips for State Representative 15. Don't forget that. That's very important.
1: Great reminder. Thank you. We had Nick on a couple of weeks ago talking about his candidacy as a write-in. Nick Phillips must be written in in uh, in 15. That is a very, very important uh, write-in race. Thank you for that reminder. I appreciate it. And by the way, I think I saw something that said it has to be Nicholas Phillips. You can't just write Nick. You have to write Nicholas Phillips or else it won't count. So make sure that you check the list, like the previous caller said when she was writing in for Marshall Usher, on how to spell each name to make sure that it counts in a write-in. All right, my friends, this is my last word to you before it gets done tonight and then tomorrow we celebrate or we, 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 we mourn the demise of this country. Go and vote red up and down the ticket today. God bless you. God bless America. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.